Howie G with the Golf Insiders for today's podcast on Tour Talk. Our favorite from ESPN.com, Bob Herrick joining us. Bob, big win for Kevin Knott, the Sony Open in Hawaii last weekend. <laughs> yeah, it sure was. Sure was a big win, and all of a sudden now he's the guy who's won in each of the last four years. And uh, a guy who couldn't win for forever. Remember when he had those swing yips and oh, all those play issues? It was so ugly. And now here he is. You know, now here he is. He's kind of emerged as a really solid player who's, like, I think in the top 30 in the world now. And, and you know, probably got a, has a chance to, you know, if not make the team on his own, get some Ryder Cup consideration. Uh, so uh, it's a pretty, you know, a pretty, pretty good win for him. Nice, a nice, uh, and really kind of a nice story. Yeah, you know, nice he's, story. Kevin Nas resurgence, you know. Yeah, he's he's really, I think, become a very likable guy. He kind of took all that stuff on the chin, and you know, wasn't uh, wasn't easy for sure. Uh, when he went through all those slow play issues, and um, you know, he he said in his post uh, win interview, "Hey, 18 years out here on tour, and uh, you know, takes a little time, but uh, he's certainly you know talked about his game maturing, you know, his his life being settled with his wife and two young kids, and really, you know, great story as you were saying, and to see him really coming into his own." Yeah, and with plenty more to come, I think. You know, um, he, you know, he might be a cautionary tale of how it can be tough to turn pro too early. You know, he he, he turned pro in his late teens. You know, and uh, uh, what he he won like one time in his first fifteen years, and and you know he had that thing at the Texas Open all those years ago where he made like a thirteen on a hole, and and then you know it was. I'm pretty sure it was the Players' Championship that Tiger won in 2013 where, you know, now I got, in, not, got up there and just had all those issues with stopping his swing. and It was you know, painful being, to watch. Yeah, and it just, you know, it, it was uncomfortable to watch. It was uncomfortable to be asked about. He, he actually took it on pretty well like a, you know, like a champ. Uh, but uh, it was embarrassing, you know, and uh, he somehow fought through that and, and uh, you know, calmed down and now has sort of been a consistent force. You know, I mean, you might even argue that he should have won a few more times based on, um, you know, him being up there a good bit. Well, um, he had some major champs on his heels. Webb Simpson uh, finished two strokes behind with a 64 on Sunday. Mark Leishman's been playing very well. Uh, just kind of ran out of holes. And Joaquin Neiman, at one time, you know, co-leader in the tournament. This kid, speaking of kids, can play. He's got game. Yeah. That's yeah, uh, two weeks in a row right there. And, you know, he, he uh, it's hard to believe it's 45 under par and you don't win. Uh uh, either either week, <laughs> you know, it was 45 under par for the two weeks. So, uh, you know, kind of a bad break. He, he he got into a playoff and didn't win, and then just you know just came up a little short there uh, at 
second tournament, but you know, it, he's an example of these young of these young guys who come along now and just have no fear. Uh, and just it's, you know, he's been a pro for a couple of years, and he looks like he's been out there forever. So. I expect a lot more from him. You know, I think people forget he missed the Masters due to COVID. Um, So, uh, you know. And he's uh, already been on a President's Cup team. Yep. And, you know, he's gaining experience, and I I expect him to be a factor in the majors. Well, kind of a sad finish for Brendan Steele. Uh, He had a three-shot lead, uh, I think making the turn after an eagle on number nine Sunday. He had a 61 on Saturday, but just seemed to sort of get out of sorts on the back nine with a couple of bogeys, and and I just couldn't get it done. Yeah, I mean, on these courses where you got to shoot low, you know, one mistake, one, you know, they're difficult in their own right. You know, oh, wow, look at how easy it is. Look at all the birdies. Well, you know, we know how easy it is to make a bogey. And when you make a bogey, it's like you're giving up two shots. And so you make more than one, and now you've really created a hole for yourself. So, um, you know, it, it, and that can easily happen, you know, and he found himself in just, you know, bad timing. Cause, uh, and, you know, the other thing we always learn is it's hard to follow up a, six, a 61 or a really low score. You know, when, when you're shooting a 68, it feels like you're shooting an 80. So, um, you know, uh, it was good of him to get back in it again. And good, good for him to have that have that success and give himself another chance at um, at the same place where he wasn't able to get it done last year. Well, speaking of making a hole for yourself, uh, two weeks ago, uh, sadly uh, and surprisingly, Justin Thomas uttered an anti-gay slur after missing a putt at the Century Tournament of Champions in uh, Hawaii. And uh, just had Ralph Lauren drop him as a sponsor. I know you've had a couple of stories on ESPN.com. Uh, give me your thoughts on, on Justin. Yeah, you know, the whole thing's unfortunate. He, um, he took it on. Uh, give him a lot of credit. He, he apologized right after. He didn't try to shy away from it. He didn't try to justify it. He, then, you know, the, sec- the next day on the Sunday, he said afterward that it was a distraction, that, like, it bothered him enough that, you know, he didn't feel like he focused as well as he should. And, uh, you know, I think that's showing some remorse. He got dropped by a, a sponsor, like, on a Friday night news drop, which was a little unusual. Um, and, but that's their right, you know. And, look, you just you can't say what he said. And it's, you know, in his defense, if there had been spectators, nobody hears it. You know, obviously there's microphones on the greens now. There's microphones in the fairway. We want to hear what they're saying. We probably need to expect that we're going to hear some profanity once in a while. And I don't think people should get bothered by that too much, uh, even though, you know, look, that's offensive to people too. But um, the bottom line is if we want to listen, then we've got to be able to accept some things, but that one was going too far. Uh, I agree. Speaking of handling it right, uh, perhaps some controversy around Annika Sorenstam and Gary Player accepting the Presidential Medal of Freedom from our former president just one day after 
the violence at the Capitol in D.C. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, personally, I find it unfortunate that they went there that day. Um, you know, they were already there. If you want to, if you want to try to defend it, they were already there. That you know, that this had been planned. Um, they were supposed to get it in March. Um, look, Lou Holtz got this. Tiger got this. Um, you know, it's not supposed to be a political thing, and it's a great honor, obviously, that if they're deemed worthy of the Medal of Freedom. So, you know, I, I think some of that has been lost. You know, like I, you know, you see, like, well, why would they take it at all? You know, well, you know, there's a good segment of people who think that they're perfectly within their rights to, if you're, if this is offered to you. You know, other other golfers like Jack Nicklaus and Arnold Palmer received the the same medal. You know, and I don't recall there being much dissension about it. In this case, it's the timings. You know, you're going to go do that a day after, you know, a pretty dark day in our history. And you'd like to think there would have been some, you know, some common sense that suggested, look, we need to put this off again. This is not the day to do this. And what does it say that it was done in private? There was no media allowed. There's been no photos. Um, I think it's pretty telling that Annika hasn't tweeted anything since. You know, because she knows that she is going to get hammered, you know. And then you throw in her role with the International Golf Federation. She was recently elected president, you know, and this is a golf body that has a big role in the game in terms of, like, the Olympics and opportunities and things. And so, you know, you've got a big segment of the population that's really, really angry at what happened uh, that day. And... Uh, and then there they are, you know, like nothing happened. So I understand the angst, you know, and uh, it's a shame it wasn't handled differently. Yeah, I agree, especially because they, they also honored uh, posthumously Babe uh, Zaharias, who we know mm-hmm. was uh, one of the founding members of, of the LPGA. Uh, so something that really should have, you know, spotlighted two great women in our game, and, um, you know, very, uh, very tough circumstances, to say the least. Right. You know, her record would have been maybe, this is Dave Zaharias, her record would have been extolled a little bit more had there not been this controversy. Yes. You know, and and that got completely lost. So. Yes, agree. Um, Other breaking news, Tiger, fifth back surgery. Bob, I know uh, you've always got the inside beat on Tiger. Uh, again, something that just was sort of, uh, you know, dropped out there a few days ago. Well, I think the funny thing about it all is Rory McIlroy in Abu Dhabi, who's leading, by the way, on Wednesday was asked about it, and he just completely dropped the beat, you know, spilled the beans and said, Oh, yeah, I've known about this. He had it on December 23rd. Whoa. So that was three weeks ago. After so the father, had that, father uh, right, son? Three, yeah. three days later. So what it does sort of make you wonder is, was, was it planned? You know, like, 
was it planned before the father son um or did he come out of the father son and and you know was was bothered and he went to see the you know the surgeon or the the doctor and they decided let's do this it is an outpatient usually an outpatient thing um tiger does go for checkups on his spine and his you know uh and his back and everything, and maybe they saw something and said, look, we can knock this out right now. I don't know. I'm just trying to, you know, the timeline is interesting to me because, you know, Tiger did not look great during the father-son. Um, I sort of attributed it to the way life is for him. That Thursday, Friday of the Pro-Am was really cold. Like, it was in the 40s and 50s, not ideal. It warmed up on the weekend. He looked rusty, but he hit plenty of, plenty of decent shots to where you didn't think it was anything out of the ordinary. I, I attributed it to more to, look, he hasn't really played since the Masters, you know. And so so then for him to have this, and then they wait three weeks to tell us, <laughs> you know. So obviously at the first of the year, he knew he wasn't playing Torrey Pines, and he knew he wasn't playing uh, the Genesis, but like they, they waited until this week. So it's just kind of another one of those curious things about the way Tiger and his people, you know, the, the way they go about sharing information. And I thought that was uh, that was kind of odd. But, you know, I, I also think that um, it's, it's possible that, that, that he emerges better from this. You know, I think back to 2019 when he had that arthroscopic knee surgery. Right. And he didn't come back for nine or ten weeks. And he was really good after that. You know, and so maybe this is what he needs. Like, he's apparently he's already been hitting balls, you know. And so now, the, you know, the, the, the speculation, well, when will he return? Will he come back at Bay Hill? Will he come back at the players? Is that too soon? Can he, you know, is the Honda a possibility? Can he get in a tournament before the Masters? You know, it's going to be that that uh, countdown now and seeing when, when he emerges, and I'm sure – I'm sure we're not going to know for sure until he tells us. Turning to the European Tour, the Abu Dhabi HSBC Championship is this week. You mentioned Rory. Uh, it's been consulting with, uh, is it Claude Harmon? Uh, I think a little bit with Claude, but, but he still is, um, you know, spends a majority of his time with, with Michael Bannon, Um you know, his, his long-time coach. And I do think that part of that is due to the fact that it is, you know, his coach lives in, in Northern Ireland, and it's hard to travel right now. Roy lives in South Florida, and I don't think he went back to Ireland at all during the break, during the holidays. So Claude is based in South Florida. That's where Rory's based. That's where he plays. It kind of makes sense if you want to have have uh, have somebody, um, you know, look at your swing. So uh, that uh, that doesn't surprise me. And you know, the other thing I think we've learned is Rory said he didn't really take that much time off after the Masters. He he felt he was actually playing pretty well at that point. You know, he took I'm sure he took days here and there and some time, but he. He kind of wanted to stay after it, and he, and he kept his game sharp. And it certainly showed on the first day. Yeah, shooting 64. So uh, I bet the, that's that's some real good medicine. And um, 
we start the West Coast Swing today. Um, the uh, American Express Championship out in beautiful La Quinta, California. So uh, who's on your radar for, for this week? Yeah, and they're playing with, with no amateurs for the first time ever, which um, is a different dynamic, I think, for that tournament. You know, normally it's over three courses. You have an amateur partner for three days. It means foursomes. It means really slow rounds. Uh, and it means they probably have to set up the golf courses a tad easier. It makes you wonder if they're going to be a little bit harder playing only two courses and, um, you know, a different vibe now. You know, the, the same at Pebble Beach in a few weeks. Those courses can be set up more more vigorously, I think. And, you know, so I, I don't know. There's, there's uh, I, you know, John Rahm dropped out. I would have really liked him. He's won that tournament. He withdrew. Um, uh, uh, there's, you know, it's, it's got to be, obviously, it's Phil's tournament. He's the host. I kind of like Paul Casey a little bit, who played there last year. It's kept his playing. It's the first time he's ever played the event. Um, I don't really expect a lot out of him this week. Um, he seems to be just wanting to try to chip the rust off, which makes sense. And uh, so, uh, you know, it's uh, it, 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 it's going to be fun to see how they handle these desert courses and if they're a little bit more severe than normal. Um, any word on the um, Genesis LA Open? Obviously, with what's going on uh, in the LA area, um, any any word from the tour? Do you think they'll go yeah, ahead and play? No, it? they're they are well. They're going to play, or at least they're planning to. No spectators. You know, the only event so far that's going to have them is uh, is Phoenix. They say five thousand a day. Um, but the Arnold Palmer just announced today that they plan to allow up to 25% capacity, which I don't quite know what that number might be. Do they get 40000 a day? That would be 10000 You know, do they get 30000 a day? It might be more like seven or eight. Um, but it's clearly the most we're going to see at any event since this whole thing started. And, of course, they were the last one with a full house. That's right. So, um you know, I think we're going to see the easing in Florida. I think the Players' Championship uh, is going to have more. Uh, I think the Honda Classic, you know, I, it's not going to be full, but it's going to be a lot more than we've seen. You know, the Masters has already announced that they are going to allow limited. So, you know, as we inch along here, uh, and, as, and, and they'll, you know, all eyes will be on how these guys do it so that the, rest, the other ones can try to do it too and maybe add more. And then I think, you know, as, we, as we've talked about before, the, the farther we get into the vaccination process, the more they're going to feel comfortable with allowing more people back. Well, it's hard to believe we're uh, coming on almost a year when uh, the tour shut down at the players. But we, we want the fans back, don't we, Bob? We want to hear those roars. Uh, we want to see players, uh, you know, sort of turn their heads and look at the scoreboard to see who's on their heels. And uh, hopefully when we start things up here in Florida, we can look forward to that. 
Exactly. I think, you know, as long as they can figure out a way to do it safe, um, I'm all for it. You know, the, these tournaments are not fun without people there, you know, and I think we're all growing weary of that, you know, growing weary of watching these games with no fans in the stands. Um, same for golf. So, uh, you know, keep our fingers crossed, be patient, and hopefully, you know, it won't be too long before there's more and more coming back. Well, speaking of coming back, my Buffalo Bills, AFC champions, one more game away from the Super Bowl, Bob, and you got the Tampa Bay Bucks with Tom Brady. We just can't get rid of him when you're a Bills fan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, hopefully for the Bills, they'll make it to Tampa where they can, you know, they can maybe get past the memory of that first Super Bowl loss all those years ago. I was there. And obviously, different stadium and everything, but still, you know, it would be sort of, there'd be some irony in that. And, uh, and of course, you know, if the Bucks can make it, they'd be the first team ever to play a Super Bowl in their home stadium. So, um, but of course, you know, both teams have big tasks ahead to, to make it. To make it here, so we'll see. We'll see how how it plays out. Well, my remote's going to be very busy this week, and my friend, always appreciate your time. Bob Herrig, ESPN.com. He's got some great columns this past week. Uh, take a look, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much.